All right, I want to start off the message with a question. How many of you had a busy Christmas week? I see a lot of heads, heads nodding, right? It's been a busy week for me. Uh, we had a couple of Christmas parties last Saturday. We had a board meeting, getting ready for the 2020 budget. And then afterwards, we went to Atherton to sing some uh, Christmas carols to the residents there. And didn't we have an awesome Christmas Sunday? Wasn't that awesome? Yeah. That was. So it's been an exciting but busy, busy week. And you know what? I, I think I forgot my notes. Amy, you brought the notes? My sermon notes? Jordan? Oh, man. I know the main purpose for me tonight was to preach, and I lost my notes. Can you guys help me? I know you guys are laughing back there, but I'm sweating bullets now. Is it kind of uncomfortable for you guys? It's a black binder. Have you seen a black binder? Oh, can you bring it up for me? Yeah. Jordan, did you hide those notes? <laughs> Thank you so much. I have a gift for you as well, too. Merry Christmas. Yeah. Tino. But the promise, you got to promise that you won't open it until I tell you to open it later on in the service, okay? It's a pretty cool gift. I think you'll love it. Whew, I know. Pastor Dave was sweating bullets right now. It's like, what's wrong with this guy? But man, that's, I mean, tonight's awesome. Naoko-san, you're doing a great job leading worship, so thank you so much. We're so blessed. We are so blessed. So the main purpose, that illustration showed that the main purpose of me preaching tonight, and I forgot my notes, but that made me realize that in Christmas... We're so busy. I want you guys to ask this question tonight. Have you lost Christ in Christmas? Right? The reason for the season is Christ. But with all the busyness and excitement, have we been distracted and have we lost Christ this Christmas? So that's the heart of my message. Um, As I was praying for this message, I think I'm going to take a different angle. I'm not going to be sharing about the nativity scene, but actually I'm going to be sharing about, and this is a very, very cool passage because this is the only passage in the Bible that talks about Jesus being a kid. You guys ever wonder how Jesus was as a, as a little boy? So if you have your Bibles, please turn with me to Luke chapter 2, verse 41. And if you don't have the Bible, we have the Sky Bible behind me. Now his parents went to Jerusalem every year at the feast of the Passover. And when he was 12 years old, they went up according to custom. And when the feast was ended and they were returning, the boy Jesus 
stayed behind in Jerusalem. His parents did not know it. But supposing him to be in the group, they went a day's journey. But then they began to search for him among their relatives and acquaintances. And when they did not find him, they returned to Jerusalem searching for him. After three days, Jesus was missing for three days. They found him in the temple, sitting among the teachers, listening to them and asking them questions. And all who heard were amazed at his understanding and his answers. Of course, he wrote the Bible, right? (laughs) And when his parents saw him, they were astonished. And his mother said to him, Son, why have you treated us so? Behold, your father and I have been searching for you in great distress. You can understand where Mary's coming from, right? And he, Jesus... This is the first time documented him speaking. He said, why were you looking for me? Did you not know that I must be in my father's house? And they did not understand the saying that he spoke to them. And he went down with them and came to Nazareth and was submissive to them. He respected his parents. And his mother treasured up all these things up in her heart. So I believe this passage tonight is speaking to us tonight. I believe God is telling us, don't lose me in Christmas. Don't lose Christ in Christmas. And if we're honest, rather than being drawn to Christ in Christmas, we actually get drawn further away from Christ. Right? If we're honest. I mean, it's so ironic how Christmas was created for Christ but yet we have all these different activities that pushes us, pushes us away from Christ. And in the midst of the celebration, we can lose Jesus. Luke chapter 2 tells us about a 12-year-old Jesus. He goes with his parents to celebrate Passover. Passover is a major Jewish relig- religious celebration, just like for us, for Christmas. It's a big, big holiday for the Jewish people. So where did Mary... And Joseph lose Jesus. It wasn't at the club. It wasn't at the bar. But they lost Christ in the temple at a religious festival of all places. And if Mary and Joseph can lose Jesus at a religious festival, we can lose Christ as well in Christmas. And I'm not talking about relationship, but I'm talking about fellowship. You see, they didn't lose him in relationship, right? When Jesus was missing, Mary and Joseph were still Jesus' parents. But they lost fellowship for those three days. Mary was still Jesus' mother. Joseph was still his earthly father. So it's possible to be in relationship with God and know that you're saved, but not be in fellowship with him. Losing that joy, passion, intimacy, and affection for God. Even our heroes in the Bible, some of them lost fellowship with God for a season. Right? Like King David, the Apostle Peter, they lost Christ for a season. 
And I don't believe you can lose your salvation, but you can lose your fellowship with God. John chapter 10, verse 28 tells us, I, Jesus, saying, I give them eternal life, and they will never perish. No one will snatch them out of my hands. That's a promise. If you accepted Christ in your life, he's not going to let you go. However, however, this is my belief. A lack of desire to fellowship with God can reveal a serious issue. Perhaps you're never saved in the first place. You might be living a life with false assurance, such as one of Jesus' disciples, Judas. He was serving with Christ side by side for three years. He was with Christ the whole time. And later on, we learned that he never had a true relationship with Christ. He was lost. So don't be confident that you can't lose Jesus. If Mary and Joseph can lose Christ, we can lose Christ as well. And in this passage, I see three things that led Mary and Joseph to lose Jesus. The first point is busyness. Verse 41 tells us, Now his parents went to Jerusalem every year at the feast of the Passover. As I mentioned, Passover is a major Jewish holiday. It's a big deal. It it represents, and, and the Jewish people are celebrating the exodus from Egypt. How Jesus and God broke the bondage of slavery and they were set free. And during that time, God told the Israelites to sacrifice a lamb and to smear the blood on the doorframe of the house. So when the angel of death went by, they passed over that house, and the eldest son was spared in that household, hence the name Passover. And Passover was an eight-day festival. Eight days! Christmas is one day, but they had eight days. And they celebrated Passover in Jerusalem. Jews from all over would travel to Jerusalem to celebrate Passover every year. It was a big deal, and it was an extremely busy time for the Jews. For Jesus and his family, as Steve read earlier, they live in Nazareth, about 70 miles away from Jerusalem. And to put things in context, who went to our family camp retreat this year? Okay. That was at Lake Hughes, and that was about 70 miles away from our church here. So can you imagine walking to Lake Hughes, the Oak Retreat, every year? That's 70 miles. It probably took them around three or four days to reach Jerusalem. Can you imagine all the preparation that it required? Imagine traveling by foot or camel. The entire trip would have probably took over two weeks And remind, I want to remind you, they didn't travel with a minivan, but instead they traveled in a caravan, right? Deserts, like that, Tina liked that. Mountains, no freeways or cars, just deserts and mountains to travel through. And also they had to deal with robbers in the desert. And the actual Passover festival 
as I mentioned, lasted eight days. It was not a relaxing time. Joseph and Mary was not chilling by the pool or fishing at a lake. They were busy. And verse 42 tells us, And when he was 12 years old, Jesus, they went up according to custom. The word custom can be translated to tradition. Don't get me wrong. I love tradition. So don't call me the Grinch. It's great having parties, making family Christmas cards. I know Amy is very specific, so we took multiple pictures. It's a lot of fun every year. Giving gifts to others, spending time with family and friends. But what I'm saying is, if we're not careful, busyness can steer us away from Christ. The holiday season adds busyness to our already busy life. Recently, I was reading an article, and it stated that 88% of Americans are stressed out during the holidays. Do you guys believe that? 88%. And the average couple will argue, how many times do you think? On average, during the holidays. I don't have a gift, sorry. Seven times. That's a lot, right? They're arguing about purchasing presents, how much money to spend, cleaning and cooking for guests that are coming over. But yet we continue to live out this tradition year after year. And the sermon tonight is really speaking to me. I think for me... I don't know about Pastor Dave, but I think for me, Christmas is probably the busiest time to be in ministry, right? Even your pastor, even your pastor can lose Christ in Christmas. And you might be thinking, well, Michael, what do you do every Sunday? You just hang out with us for a Connect Cafe and you eat all the food and talk to us and that's about it. But I do a little bit more than that. And this season, it's been pretty tough. Um, We're still dealing with my dad's uh, brain surgery. He's uh, still recovering from that. Um, Been taking classes for ordination, uh, things to do for church, different Christmas parties to attend, different speaking opportunities, and balancing my time with Amy and Jordan. And at times, I feel like I have a million things on my plate at once. And during the season, I caught myself getting consumed in busyness. And a couple of weeks ago, if you guys ever want to find me on a Monday, I take my Sabbath and I go to Griffith Park. I don't know why. I just like going there to Griffith Park just to get away from the SGV a little bit. And as I was praying, the Lord kept pounding on my heart. A verse from Matthew, Matthew 6, verse 33. And the Bible tells us, But keep first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. At that moment, God spoke to me through his word. I realized that we are not called to do everything, but we are called to do his will. God's number one will for us is to seek him first in everything that we do. We can't do this without seeking him every day through prayer and reading his word. How do you expect to hear from God if you're not spending time with him? 
Right? I know the fish is a cool station, 95.9, and listening to Hillsong, that's cool. But the main way that God speaks to you is through his word, the Bible. Right? And God has given us an awesome gift of prayer for us to speak to him and hear from him. Isn't that incredible? Are you guys pumped for that? That's incredible. But a lot of us are not taking advantage of that gift. We have direct connection with the Lord. And I want to share a powerful quote from Martin, Martin Luther, not MLK. But he was a religious leader in the 16th century. And he sparked the Protestant Reformation. And I love what he said. I love what he said. Can you have that, Craig, up? I have so much to do that I shall spend the first three hours in prayer. This guy was a busy guy. He is still influencing our church today. And that really spoke to me, right? Because our culture is telling us, oh, you're busier. Then you need to cut out the prayer time. You need to cut out your devotional time, right? Isn't that our natural reaction, the flesh telling us, I'm so busy, I'm so busy. But Martin Luther is telling us, man, I'm busier. That means I need to pray more, right? I need to pray more because I'm busier. Rather than seeing prayer as a burden, Martin Luther saw it as a necessity for him to survive day by day and thrive. He saw God's word as food for his soul and prayer as oxygen for his soul. He needed prayer and to be in the word. And the best defense for busyness is seeking God. We have to seek God. God promises us that if we seek him, what? I just read that verse. He'll provide for our needs. He'll be there. That's a promise. He's not going to grant us our wants, but he promises us. Yaksoku. <laughs> yaksoku, right? He's going to, I don't know how to say need in Japanese, but yaksoku, right? Promise that he'll provide for our needs. Can I get an amen? Yeah. All right. And the second point on losing Christ, busyness can lead you to lose sight of Christ. Losing sight of Christ. Verse 43 says, And when the feast was ended... As they were returning, the boy Jesus stayed behind in Jerusalem. His parents did not know it. They left him in Jerusalem because they were not focused on Jesus. This part really reminds me of my favorite movie growing up. And it's cool now because it's one of Jordan's favorite movie during Christmas. So I want to give you some flashback to the past. We're just going to play a quick uh, trailer. From that movie? Mom! Dad! We stopped them! Where are you going? Where are you going? We're gonna miss the plane! Did you count heads? Eleven, including me. Five boys, six girls, four parents, and a partridge in a pear tree. Did we miss the flight? No, you just made it. Yeah. Welcome aboard flight 1275 to Paris, France. Terrible feeling. So, which house you wanna hit first, huh? Now what? That we didn't do something. Crow buys up. Wow, now you feel that way because we left in such a hurry. Do we set the timers on the lights? Mm-hmm. Did you lock up? Yeah. Did you close the garage? That's it. I forgot to close the garage. That's it. 
No, that's not it. What else can we be forgetting? Kevin! Is that movie awesome? It's a classic, right? I think I'll watch that with you, Jordan, tomorrow. Okay. We saw how Mrs. McAllister said, Kevin, can you picture uh, Mary saying, Jesus! Right? He said, a day later. I'm sure, I mean, I don't know. It's not in the Bible, but I could just imagine that either she's, on, she's probably on a camel, right? And she was saying probably, Jesus! Right? And they headed back. And they left Jesus in Jerusalem. And they didn't even know they left Jesus because they lost sight of Christ in their busyness. And Mary loved Jesus. Mary loved Jesus. Mary was probably the closest person to him. And if Mary can lose Jesus, don't be too confident that you can't lose Christ. Mary and Joseph walked away from Jesus because they lost sight of him. Many lose sight of Christ because of our blessings. We're blessed to live in the United States. We have beautiful families, nice homes, nice cars, nice careers. But we walk away from Christ not intentionally, but by little by little. There might be a sense that you don't need God in your daily life because things are well. I live in a nice house, everything's comfortable. You know, even Pastor Dave shared about how people in Myanmar and Thailand, they don't have air conditioning, they don't have chairs. You know, they sit on the floor, they walk miles to go to worship service. And yet, we're very sensitive about how hot it is or how cold it is. And it got me thinking, too, where... Are we like that with our kids? Are we teaching them God's will or our wills? Are we more devoted to their sports accomplishments or music accomplishments or even school over their spiritual growth in Christ? I mean, I struggle with that all the time, being a father. You know, of course, those things are good, Like, you want your kids to do well, but is it a higher priority over your kids loving God more every day and learning about his word? Are these things taking their focus away from Christ? Also, with our careers, are we pursuing careers where... We're chasing after the finances or we want to move up the corporate ladder. Is that a higher priority than being with your family or moving closer to Christ? Because if it's not, then I don't think that's God's will. Ultimately, God wants our heart, kokoro, right? God wants our heart. And Mary and Joseph, they were doing the right thing, right? According to the world, they're going home, right? Back to the place of comfort. But once again, it was a big problem because they did it without Christ. And they didn't realize it because they lost sight of Christ. They weren't intentional in seeking God. And if we're not careful, we too can walk away from God 
and not even know about it. Not even know about it. That's scary and tragic. And the third point, they assumed Jesus was with them. They assumed. Assumption. And I think this is a big point for Americans. I think we're a country that assumes a lot. I was reading an ABC news report, and they stated that 75% of Americans believe that they'll go to heaven. 75%. believe that Christians and non-Christians will go into heaven. And we know that's not true. Right? Jesus tells us in John 14, 6, that he's the only way to the Father, the only way to salvation. So a lot of people in this country, they're living a life of lies. They're just assuming that they're okay, but they're not. And verse 44 tells us, but supposing him to be in the group, they went a day's journey. Do you guys catch that? It says supposing. They assumed that Christ was with them. But then they began to search from among their relatives and acquaintances. Mary and Joseph was looking to Christ among family members. And in Mary and Joseph's defense, I'm a very visual person too, but just to give you some context, the men in the caravan would be in the back. Do you guys know why? Because I mentioned robbers earlier. They would protect the caravan. So they will be in the back. And the woman will be in the front. Right? And how old was Jesus? Twelve. And then how old do you need to be to celebrate your bar mitzvah? Thirteen. Right? So he was a year away from according to Jewish culture, to be a a man, an adult. So I could just picture Mary telling Joseph, I thought he was with you, right? And vice versa. Mary saying, I thought he was with you. And they just assumed that Jesus was there with them. And how many times are we like that? Right? We live our lives thinking that God is with us, right? And the thing is, Jesus never left them. They left Christ. They kept walking away from Jesus. And for us, I think a lot of times we do the same thing as well. Right? God promises us that he'll never leave us or forsake us. But we can walk away from that fellowship. Or sometimes we assume that we're at church, we're with God, I serve, I give. Those are good things again. But those things do not save you. Only placing your faith in Jesus Christ will save you. Only having that relationship with Jesus will save you. And I want to share... Uh, one of the scariest passages in the Bible from Matthew 7, verse 21. And it says, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, 
but the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. On that day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, do we not prophesy in your name and cast out demons in your name and do many mighty works in your name? And then will I, Jesus declared to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you work, workers of lawlessness. Jesus is straight up telling us that we can't assume having a relationship with him. That we need a relationship with him in order for us to have a relationship with him and to be saved. And as we move along in this passage, the Bible says that Mary and Joseph lost three days of fellowship with Christ. Verse 45 tells us, And when they did not find him, they returned to Jerusalem, searching for him. After three days, they found him in a temple, sitting among the teachers, listening to them and asking them questions. Mary and Joseph lost Jesus for three days. That's 72 hours. They lost him one day, leaving Jerusalem. It took them another day to come back. And it took them another day just looking for him, because they didn't go to the temple first. But my question tonight is, how long has it been for you guys? Has it been three hours? Has it been three days? Three weeks? Three years? Since you connected with Christ? How long? I believe this Christmas, Jesus is telling us, when are you coming back? When are you coming back with me? Mary and Joseph eventually finds Jesus. How do we find Jesus again if we lost him? Go back where you left him. Mary and Joseph found him right where they left him. Verse 49 tells us, And he said to him, Jesus, why were you looking for me? Did you not know that I must be in my father's house? Jesus was saying, Why are you looking elsewhere? I'm here at the temple. Jesus didn't go anywhere. He was with the Father the whole time. And if you really want the true meaning of Christmas, we need that burning conviction in our hearts and soul and say, I will not lose Christ this Christmas. My kids will not lose Christ this Christmas. My family will not lose Christ this Christmas. I know what I'm celebrating. It's not the party. It's not the holiday. It's not the vacation. It's not the presents. It's about Jesus. Amen? Jesus is the reason for the season. That's why we're here. Salvation is about being saved through the blood of Jesus Christ, who was born for one reason, to die and forgive our sins, to go in your heart and restore your relationship with God. The greatest gift is Jesus Christ. He's not a baby. He's not a boy. He's the sinless son of God to save sinners like you and I. You need to realize this. He's not just a historical figure. He's not just a guy in the history books. When he was sent to the cross, he rose again three days later and is alive today. Amen? Jesus is saying, I want to make a gift exchange with you. 
my life for your life. And that's what the cross represents. He wants to have a gift exchange with you. I know that he's speaking to some of you tonight. You hear it and you feel it in your heart. That's the Holy Spirit telling you to come, to come back to Christ. Come back home to the Father's house. Telling you to not lose Christ this Christmas. Salvation is not about the good works that you've done, but it's about the work that Jesus Christ has done for you. And remember this, it is never too late to find Christ. Remember, he is the good shepherd that left the 99 for that lost one sheep. That's who Christ is. That's his heart. Stop running away from him. Go back to where you left him. Maybe some of you left him at church. Maybe going to church is not a priority for you anymore. Maybe you left him with your devotional time because you're too busy now. Maybe you left him when you stopped attending your life group. You don't have brothers and sisters that are encouraging you and supporting you and keeping you accountable and praying for you most importantly. You don't have that no more. Maybe you left them but by not reading your Bible anymore. It's just collecting dust on your shelf. Maybe you stopped repenting of your sins. That is impacting your relationship with Christ. Tonight, tonight you might be saying, Mako, well, my heart is so cold and, and hard right now. And I don't know what to do. Then you need to pray and ask God to open up your heart. Psalms 139 verse 23 tells us, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts. And see if there's, there be any grievous way in me. And lead me in the way everlasting. God wants you to seek him. Proverbs 8.17 tells us, I love those who love me. And those who seek me diligently finds me. That's a promise. The ball is in your court. It's up to you. God wants you to come back to him if you lost Christ. Tonight, Jesus is calling you back to return to him on Christmas Eve. He has never left us. We have left him. God is the ultimate giver. And he gave his only son, Jesus, to us. Didn't God give us the greatest gift? We could never pay back God. He gave his only son because he loved you. That's his motivation. He loves you. And a lot of times for Christmas, we talk about how how God has been so faithful and he's given us so much and he's given us everything. That's true. I'll amen to that 100%. It's true. God is faithful. But how about we give God a gift? Maybe a couple of gifts. And I have a wish list from him from the Bible. I 
then the first thing that he wants is your heart. He wants your heart. Matthew twenty-two thirty-seven. Jesus tells us, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, your kokoro, and with all your soul, and with all your mind. He wants all of it, not part of it. He wants everything. That's Christ talking to us directly tonight. Your heart is the best gift that you can give Jesus on his birthday. On his birthday. That's what he wants tonight. Second, he wants us to share his love with others. 1 Timothy 2.4 tells us who, that's God, desires all people to be saved and to come to the knowledge of truth. He wants the lost to hear the gospel. It's straight from the Bible. This is what he wants. And I'm telling you, the best, the best gift you could give anyone is sharing the gospel. Better than any socks. He mentioned socks on Sunday on the sermon. Any wallet, any drone, Jordan, any drone or any belt. The best gift is sharing Christ with others. I want to ask my uh, sister, my friend, to uh, open up your gift. And Craig, I think we also have a picture of it too. But wait till she opens it. Across and then Craig, can you? Oh, there's no picture. What what does it say? Keep Christ in Christmas. Can I get an amen for that? So this Christmas, tomorrow, or three hours from now. Let's really remember the reason why we have Christmas. It's because of Christ. These gifts, these parties are nice, they're good. I'm not saying they're bad. But if we forget Christ, it is a bad thing. Because these things become an idol over Christ. So let's make sure we keep Christ in Christmas. Keep Christ in Christmas. And I believe God has given us all the opportunities right now from tomorrow to, to New Year's for us to meet our family and friends. He's given us a platform to share Christ. So I want you guys for this whole week to pray for your lost friends and family. And when you see them, you'll be ready to share Christ. You'll be filled with the Holy Spirit. And let them know that the reason for the season is Jesus Christ. And I, I, I saw this firsthand. Recently, too, where I saw a son. I saw, I saw a son give his father the best gift ever. And it's my brother, uh, Lerner. Um, he's not my biological brother, but spiritual brother. But four months ago, he shared the gospel with his dad. Right before he was diagnosed with cancer, 
in the doctor's office. And a month later, he was admitted to the hospital and I had the opportunity to spend time with him for about a month and we became friends. We became friends. And And he decided to get baptized. He wanted to proclaim Christ to his family and his friends. And we were there. And after the baptism was done, he pointed up and he said something in Chinese. I, I don't speak Chinese. So I asked Lerner, what, what did your dad say? say? What did your dad say? And he said that, I'm going to be in heaven with God. And then, before I left the room, I told Mr. Chu, I'll see you again. And I really thought that I was going to see him again. And then... A week later, I get a message saying that he passed away. And it really broke my heart when I read that message because I felt like I lied to him. I told him, I'll see you again, and I didn't. But I think it was a Holy Spirit moment where where the Lord reminded me, it's like, no, you didn't lie. You're going to see him again. You're going to see him again in heaven. And that's the power of the gospel, where Jesus Christ can transform lives and give us hope and peace. And my prayer for you guys tonight is, let's not be scared of the gospel. Let's share it with our family and friends. Right? You never know when it's going to be the last time that you're going to see them. And every year, with tradition, God allows us to see our family and friends at parties and so forth. And I think God, again, this year, has given us the opportunity to share Christ, the reason for the season, with our family and friends. And before I close, I want to share Mr. Chu's favorite verse. And I think it summarizes Christmas. It summarizes the, the gospel message. I want to read from John three sixteen through 17. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world but in order that the world might be saved through him. And that's why Jesus was born 2,000 years ago. Not to condemn the world, but in order the world might be saved through him. Amen? Please join me in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father,
we thank you so much. We thank you so much for your love. Thank you so much for giving us the opportunity to restore our relationship with you. You so love the world, not just love, but so love. You are love that you gave your only son, Jesus Christ, as the ultimate sacrifice. He humbled himself as a man. He was mocked. He was beaten. And he was crucified on the cross. Because you loved us. And he rose again three days later. And he is alive right now. And I just picture right now, Father, I picture Mr. Chu with you right now. His first Christmas with you in heaven. And all of us has that hope in us that we can join Mr. Chu and yourself in heaven. And that we could rejoice with you because we love you. We love you so much. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. So, Father, I pray that you'll continue to bless our service. May you continue to be glorified. May we continue to worship you. May we continue to seek you and for us to keep you in Christmas and beyond, Father God. Please give us the boldness to share the gospel with our family and our friends. Because you are the greatest gift that anyone could ever, ever have. So, Father, we love you so much. We praise you. And we give you all the honor that you deserve. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.